Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12:2. This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. The 20th century saw four movements arise within the broad sweep of Christendom to tackle modernity's cultural crisis, though they seemed to come from the four ends of the earth temperamentally and philosophically, they were all spawned in 1891 with a single purpose, to demonstrate genuine Christian compassion, justice, and mercy to all men everywhere. In 1891, Abraham Kuyper, a Dutch preacher turned journalist turned politician, delivered a stirring address to the Christian Social Congress entitled The Social Problem and the Christian Religion. It spawned decades of healthy debate, and it helped to create the Christian Democrat movement. The same year, Vincenzo Pecci, the newly consecrated Pope Leo XIII, issued the Rerum Novarum Encyclical. Like Kuyper's speech, it too spawned a social movement, distributivism. Later that year, Alexander Lyle Stewart, a southern partisan-turned-gentleman publisher, reprinted the works of the political theorist John C. Calhoun with a stirring introduction calling for a return to the precepts of southern culture, rallying around his ideas of property, family, and community, a new generation of Southern intellectuals gave birth to the Southern agrarian movement. Again that year, Henry Cabot Lodge, the senior senator from Massachusetts, celebrated the centennial of the Bill of Rights, delivering the oration Justice as the Fruit of Christian Diligence. The speech helped to spawn the American progressive movement. In 1891, a Dutch Calvinist, an Italian Catholic, a Southern partisan, and a New England Caliban suddenly unknowingly united to stand against the rising tide of ideology, to posit an all-encompassing worldview alternative, and to affirm the essential dynamic of the Christian social ethic. Distinctively anti-revolutionary, they stood on the foundation of old truths, long confirmed in the experience of men and the revelation of God. Each of these men and their movements shared five essential presuppositions. First, they shared a profound distrust of central governments to solve the grave problems that afflict society. Each believed in a strong and active civil authority, but only in its proper place. Thus, every brand of statist ideology was abhorred by them. 
Kuiper warned against the danger of reducing the society to the state or the state to the society. Pope Leo argued the contention that the civil government should, at its option, intrude into and exercise control over the household is a great and pernicious error. Lodge insisted, government is but a tool. If ever we come to the place where our tools determine what jobs we can or cannot do and by what means, then nary a fortnight shall pass in which new freedoms shall be wrested away from us straightway. They believed social reform, like so much else in culture, should be designed to avoid the interference of the state beyond its competence. C.S. Lewis, who was influenced by at least three of these movements, wrote, Of all the tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely expressed for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It may be better to live under robber barons than under the omnipotent ideological busybodies. Nowhere is the omnipotence of ideological busybodies more evident than in the social programs of the therapeutic and messianic state. The second principle the four movements shared was a deep and abiding commitment to widespread private property ownership. Each believed that if everyone within the society, rich and poor, were to be equipped and enabled over the long haul, they must be afforded the opportunity to own their own homes, tend their own gardens, and pass on an inheritance to their own children. This precluded all forms of egalitarianism, socialism, and welfareism, as well as the smothering tax structures necessary to support them. Stewart declared, ownership of the means of production cannot be entrusted to socialistic bureaucrats any more than to monopolistic plutocrats. The lesson of history is clear. When men are left free to faithfully work at home, they are happiest and society is securest. The third principle the four movements shared was a healthy understanding of human anthropology. They took into account the fall. Unlike the prevailing ideologies of modernity, they expected no utopian quick fixes for the problems of social justice this side of eternity. They recognized the sway that greed, prejudice, and envy held in human affairs, and thus exceeded the need for healthy mediating institutions to maintain appropriately decentralized checks and balances. According to Lodge, multiple jurisdictions and free associations are hedges against both tyranny and anarchy, against both cultural hegemony and civil disintegration. The fourth principle the four movements shared was an unwavering commitment to the family. Though they believed private property was the best means for the poor to obtain a vehicle for change and that voluntary associations girded that vehicle with 
protection and integrity. The vehicle itself was the family. Kuiper said, according to the Word of God, the family is portrayed as the wonderful creation through which the rich fabric of uh, organic human life must spin itself out. Pope Leo called the family the true society. Lodge called it the primary building block of our culture. Nay, it is itself our culture. They believed that culture must be family-centered if it is to be the least bit effective. The fifth principle the four movements shared was the certainty that the church was central to any and all efforts to mete out mercy, justice, and truth. According to Kuiper, Jesus sent out his church among the nations to influence society through its ministry of the word, through its ministry of mercy, and through its affirmation of the equality of all regardless of differences in rank and station. Lodge concurred, saying, Of all the institutions ordained of God upon this earth, the church alone has the force of integration. We cannot hope to help the helpless apart from the church's ministrations of grace, which transform the giver, the receiver, and even the gift. The lack of confidence in the state a commitment to private property, a realistic anthropology, a reliance upon the family, and a subsuming trust in the church. These five principles drove the Christian Democrat, distributist, Southern agrarian, and progressive movements offering serious dissent from the failed ideologies of modernity all through that century. Together, they comprise an alternative sociology, one that has been repudiated by the powers and the principalities, but not by providence. Even the language of progressivism or a commitment to property and and a reliance on the family have been co-opted by the ideologues. But the four movements stand four square against the nonsense of our day. Together, they are, according to the great distributist writer G.K. Chesterton, a perpetually defeated thing which always survives its conquerors. This is Resistance and Reformation epitomized. This is the way forward in the midst of the madness. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information or resources, go to georgegrant.net or adoringgod.